Hi, my name is Ian Khan, and you're listening to the Innovation Times Podcast. I am a technology author, speaker, and an advocate for everything good that technology brings. A part of my work is running the Innovation Times Podcast and bringing together people from various aspects of the industry and talk about how technology is affecting the way that they perform their jobs, their functions, and how they're leading their organizations to change that's propelled by technology. As part of my podcast, I interview people from all segments of the industry and different verticals as well. Welcome to Innovation Times. I am at the eHealth Toronto conference. I have somebody very cool with me and I really want to refer to her as cool because of the things she has done. I have with me founder of 3D4MDs, a revolutionary company that's really going to change not just one, not just two, but I see hundreds and thousands and millions of different lives. Dr. Julian Wong, welcome to Innovation Times. Oh, thank you, Ian. That was a very, very kind and, and flattering uh, introduction. Now, you had a keynote today morning at, uh, at eHealth Toronto, and uh, really, eHealth Toronto is all about technology, it's about impact, it's about the future. Tell us about your work and tell us how you plan to change the state of healthcare uh, in one way uh, for people like us. Thanks, Ian. So, I founded 3D from D a for-profit social enterprises that uses 3D printers uh, to save lives, time and money for patients, healthcare providers and healthcare systems. So in my uh, plenary keynote session today, uh, which was entitled From Fax Machines to 3D Printing, Digital Health at Warp Speed, uh, there were three key messages. The first is that with 3D printing technology, physical objects can be stored as digital files. Uh, the second message is that anybody can, be an uh, anybody can be an innovator with 3D printing technology. The third message is that uh, because 3D printing um, allows us to store physical objects as digital files, this allows us to crowdsource innovative solutions on an unprecedented global scale. So at 3D FMD, we're uh, building a private, secure, digital library of crowdsourced, quality-tested, 3D printable files that can even be customized for a patient. Um, and the goal of this library is to save lives, time, and money for billions of patients. So for example, we have um, made over 3D printable surgical instruments, not just for uh, astronauts on deep space missions, but for the five billion people here on Earth who lack access to safe, timely, and affordable surgical care. There are over one billion people with a disability. Many of them need, but can't get, assistive devices that allow them to participate fully in everyday life. So we have made a number of award-winning 3D printable assistive devices that can be made on 3D printers in clinics, pharmacies, public libraries, maker spaces, schools, universities, print shops, and even people's homes. And this saves time and money for people with disabilities. There are nearly uh, four billion people who live in rural areas. 
And um, in many rural places, simple medical items are expensive and can take a long time to arrive at a clinic. As well, there are uh, about 1.4 billion people who live without access to electricity. So we have built and tested an ultra-portable solar-powered 3D printing system that fits inside a carry-on suitcase. So um, healthcare providers can take this uh, suitcase 3D printer with them and use solar energy to power that printer to make lower cost and even life-saving medical supplies on demand locally to save lives, time, and money. There are nearly one billion people who live on less than $2 a day. And having a 3D printer is like having a 3D photocopier or a mini factory that sits on your desktop. So we have been invited by the World Bank to teach students on how to use 3D printers to uh, start their own small businesses and build sustainable livelihoods. That's amazing. I think the impact of 3D printing is uh, it's, it's just getting started. It's just getting started. And I would say that uh, you're one of the pioneers who's making it possible to bring together, uh, and as you rightly said, you know, the power of crowdsourcing and, and to make it available. Now, you mentioned a word, uh, quality tested, which I think is, is something very important. Are you going to test everything that's uploaded to your cloud, or how would that work? Absolutely. So one of the biggest challenges, I think, with the clinical adoption of 3D printed medical devices is that there is currently no um, quality oversight, meaning that no one is willing to assume any liability for things um, or designs that you download from existing open source um, 3D printing libraries. And healthcare is a regulated profession. And we must, as healthcare providers, take responsibility for the devices that we prescribe to our patients. For that reason, um, we are a highly curated digital catalog. So um, our devices um, would meet uh, Health Canada regulatory standards, if, um, if applicable. And so we, um, we do not uh, make all, uh, I guess, files available. Um, for example, if a file or a 3D printable device should only be prescribed by a healthcare provider, then that's not something that a patient should be able to access and directly download. Um, that we would have to make sure that it would be um, accessed only by an authenticated uh, healthcare provider. And the reason why is because um, just because something is 3D printable doesn't mean that it's functional or it's safe. And we have a duty as healthcare providers to ensure that um, the highest standard of healthcare, which I believe everybody is entitled to, should be made available. So that's why I created the social enterprise, because I saw that there was a gap in terms of um, what was available for 3D printing and what the standards that we have to meet as healthcare providers. Now, uh, we're talking about the healthcare industry here at eHealth Toronto, but are you also curating and collecting uh, 3D files or let's say the crowdsourced drawings for other industries as well or is it just healthcare for to start off with? So we are focused on uh, primarily uh, delivering uh, solutions for healthcare delivery. That being said, um, uh, the practice of healthcare does not rely solely on medical devices. So we have a current partnership with um, a global humanitarian uh, medical organization and um, they have contracted us 
to train their humanitarian workers on how to scan and 3D print items in the field. That way, if medical or even logistical equipment breaks, they can scan it, email it to us. Our global community of medical innovators can use free software to fix it digitally, and we would test print it during a medical makeathon and make sure that it was printable before they emailed it back to the field, and it would be printed by that humanitarian um, worker in the field. So yes, it's not. Um, we're not limited just to medical devices. Whatever devices we do make available, though, we want to assure that we've met the relevant uh, consumer or uh, regulatory standard. Now, the, the design of and the printing of these devices, or let's say a 3D device, uh, is, is one part of the equation. The other side, I'm, I'm assuming, would rely on the actual ability to print, uh, you know, uh, to actually print it and make it into a physical form. Now, how advanced are we with respect to 3D printer technology as such? Uh, is it, is it something, and you mentioned you have a portable printer, but for, for countries that, that are uh, where people are living on less than $2 uh, a day, are, is, there, is industry working on creating cheaper printers? How would that be more affordable to communities which are out of, uh, you know, uh, in the rural areas and so on and so forth? So, you have to remember that 3D printing technology has actually been around for over three decades. So, the reason why 3D printers um, can be purchased by the average consumers because the patents have expired. So uh, a typical desktop 3D printer for the general public can cost anywhere from $300 to $3,000, which is very affordable when you think about it. So one of our strategies is to use an organization called Not Just Tourists. And these are people who are willing to pack gear into their suitcases when they go on vacation and drop it off. Um, if a request is made in sort of a, a local um, uh, site that has low resources. So imagine if you knew you were going to go vacation in Haiti um, and you would go on to the Not Just Tourist website and see that there's a Haitian clinic that maybe wants a 3D printer. You could take that 3D printer um, out of its box, maybe run a test print, uh, make sure that it works, and uh, throw it into your suitcase and bring it with you and drop it off during your vacation in Haiti. So, and that's, um, you know, either you choosing to purchase that printer out of your pocket to donate it to that local community, or uh, fundraising, you know, for $3,000, I think is not an unreasonable um, or unaffordable um, uh, prospect. Now, with respect to, you know, the, 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 the industry in general in terms of providers, uh, and you're, you're one of the pioneers in the industry, is the industry growing? Is the ecosystem growing? Do you see a lot more, uh, whether technology or non-technology companies, more open to the idea of 3D printing? What I can tell you is that the global engagement of 3D printing is, uh, is growing phenomenally. And the reason why is because 3D printing technology is very accessible and affordable. 3D printers cost anywhere from $300 to $3,000. But you don't have to buy one because in this country, you can use the one in your public library. Uh, smartphones are 3D scanners. So now you have a way of obtaining 3D models of uh, objects. You can go online and use uh, free uh, online digital libraries of 3D printable uh, designs. And, um, or you can teach yourself how to use 3D design software that's free and online. 
And then, uh, and the 3D printer uh, material itself is very cheap. It's like pennies a gram. So, for those reasons, it is now possible for us uh, to start contributing and innovating new designs on an unprecedented global scale. And that is exactly what we are seeing today. So I created Medical Makers um, because people were coming to me and they were really excited about the projects we were doing because they have such um, uh, incredible social impact. And so I created Medical Makers because I wanted to empower people uh, to use 3D printing technology to make products for social good um, and really give back to their local as well as global communities. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about education because I think education and learning the way new technology works is I think the biggest challenge out there. Uh, you know, experts in technology are creating the technology, but there's a huge curve in it when it's about adoption. It's about, you know, crossing that chasm of, you know, it's too technical for me. How can we promote educating the masses about technology and the benefits that it brings? And I think 3D printing is very specific. Are you guys doing anything about, or what are you doing to simplify this complexity around, you know, technology? Right, so 3D printing um, is very accessible and easy to learn. If you can use a regular 2D printer, you can use a 3D printer. Because all you literally have to do is send a file to a printer, just like you do with a Word document, and click print, um, and out comes your 3D printed objects. So at Medical Makers, we actually run medical marathons. And the goal is to teach people, um, and we teach people any background, and uh, of all ages and abilities, and we teach them how to use 3D printers. And um, as part of the Makeathon program, we actually have a design challenge to uh, make a uh, 3D printed product for social good. And at the end of that Makeathon, you showcase that design that you printed, and it's judged by the person um, who's using it. That's excellent. I think that's a great way to. Uh you know, get, get everybody to collaborate in one place and, uh, you know, get that energy going. Now, a lot of what we're doing today generally in technology, uh, whether it's, you know, with security, with privacy, with innovation, a whole uh, new set of things, a lot of questions arise around job creation. You know, people are always afraid they're going to lose their jobs and so on. But I, I'm a very firm believer that the emergence of technology will actually create more jobs uh, so, how do you see uh, the information worker of today, uh, you know, pivot to uh, a career that is more technology oriented? And if there's a recommended path or advice you can give them to be able to have that transition? Absolutely. There are incredible uh, job opportunities in the 3D printing sector because every uh, branch of manufacturing will have to figure out how to digitize their hardware. Anybody who's making anything out there needs to figure out how they can make 3D printable versions of their products. For that reason, knowing how to design and to 3D print is going to be an incredibly marketable job skill for the future. So, um, and that's, and so the question, so the answer to your question is, well, how do you learn these skills? My answer is, come to Medicaid, Register and participate. Um, join up. Join our global community of innovators, of medical makers. 
uh, two of our medical makers actually, um, one of them joined us when she was 16, she's now 17, and uh, worked in a number of different 3D printing projects with us for healthcare. She just won a full scholarship to study biomedical engineering at Johns Hopkins University, which is ranked the top biomedical engineering program in the United States. Another medical maker uh, joined us, she's a university student. She, uh, uh, we wrote a letter of reference for her as well, and uh, she uh, was uh, selected to be interviewed for a Rhodes Scholarship. And uh, she's now received another scholarship, a full scholarship, to undertake her PhD studies at Oxford. So there's no question in my mind that uh, the way to learn 3D printing is to 3D print. And uh, we give people that opportunity through our medical makeathons as well as through the medical makers uh, community. That's amazing. Now, talking, talking about Canada, uh, you know, there's uh, 3D printing uh, at a global scale is happening in many different regions of the world. I happened to uh, see a piece of news just recently uh, where I, I think in Dubai they printed an entire building out of, uh, you know, the 3D printer and so on. There's so many different uh, things happening where people want to be the first to claim the stake. Are we doing enough as Canada? Because I know we have the talent, the resources. Are we doing enough as Canada to kind of push in the right direction when it comes to innovation and technology? Uh, if, if not, where, what can we do uh, you know, to be the first and claim our stake or, or to have a greater impact? Uh, because it's not only about being first, but it's about, I think, about creating greater impact. Uh, tell us how we're doing and uh, where should we put our efforts? So yeah, so I think we're actually doing a phenomenal job. Um, you know, when I launched Medical Makers last fall, um, you know, since then we now have uh, 100 Medical Makers uh, across 10 different Canadian cities. There are chapters, uh, you know, uh, growing in, in, in different communities. And so, and I think the reason why Canadians are so innovative is because we're actually very caring and compassionate people. And, um, and our approach at Medical Makers is to harness um, humanity's collective creativity and compassion to make products for social good. So actually, and I think Canada is a, is a wonderful place to be based. Um, in terms of, uh, sorry, you just have to repeat the last part of your question so I can remember the second Yeah, and it was really about, you know, where can we make a greater impact? What can we do as a Canadian community to have that greater impact? Oh, right, yeah. So so this year, actually, uh, we're launching medical makeathons at home and abroad because not only do we want to teach tech skills for uh, growing job opportunities in the 3D printing sector to Canadians, but uh, we also want to crowdsource 150 new designs for our digital catalog to celebrate Canada's 150th birthday and to promote universal and accessible healthcare globally. So the invitation is on. This is a challenge that, yes. that you... <laughs> yes, it is. And we can do it. We're 100% Okay. So. Uh, I know we're short on time, but really I wanted to get your your last, uh, let's say, insights on where do you see us going in the next 5 to 10 or let's say the 20 years, next 20 years, uh, as, uh, you know, as technologists promoting 3D printing. Uh, what is the outlook? And last but not least, please give us your URLs where people can go and check out those uh, those cool things you do. Oh, thank you so much, Ian. So, really, I think the future of 3D printing is that uh, it's going to make all of us innovators. And uh, we're going to be coming up with uh, solutions that we, you know, we haven't even dreamed of yet. 
Um, I, I, I talked about this today in my plenary keynote session, was that 3D printers aren't just 3D photocopiers, they're ideas factories. You can take uh, a, a concept, draw it digitally using free software, and you can make it physically real today by clicking print. So I can't even envision what we're going to be making in the future. All I'm doing is just harnessing people and saying, listen, if you care about humanity, these are the problems that we can try and use 3D printing to fix. So let's go try and fix them. So, um, but in terms of uh, URLs, yeah, so check out our website, uh, 3dfriendly.com. Um, we also have a, uh, a Twitter, uh, Facebook as well. Um, Twitter is at 3 d for But as well, I really want to encourage people to really think about our um, Medical Makeathon program as well as our Medical Makers community. And that website is medicalmakers.org. And uh, to get people, really empower them to uh, learn to make healthcare better. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Dr. Wong. We really appreciate uh, the few minutes you spent with our audiences. And we hope to see you again in the news or at one of the conferences with some new cool products. And uh, we'll check definitely check your website out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ian.